Please be seated. Morning. Morning. Our Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 through 7. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me polished, he made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. And our epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother in Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from our God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, 
After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Do we have any children that would like to come up for the children's message this morning? Hey, you can sit down. So I need eyewitnesses today. So can you guys be, some, be eyewitnesses for me? So here's what I want you to do. So I'm going to read some things for you. And as I say something that has anything to do with seeing, like I saw, I watched, I looked, or things like that, I want you to, to make glasses. Okay? So can you guys do that? They'll do it with you too. So, so if you don't see me do it, then you'll do it, okay? So... So let's, let's practice. So this morning I got up and I saw some water. There you go. Did they do it too? Ooh, okay. I'll change my sermon for them. Um, no, it's just, okay, let me read, read this to you. So I'm going to read to you a, a news, broadca- news broadcast so we can practice a little bit, of it, a little bit more. So um, a typical news broadcast might go like this. The announcer might say, fire destroyed a downtown business today. Channel 13 Eyewitness News reporter Marcy Brown. Oh, good. You got that. I bet you they didn't, right? Is at the scene. Marcy? And Marcy would say, thank you, Bob. I am talking to Caleb Smith, who witnessed the fire. Caleb, can you tell us? Good job. Can you tell us exactly what you saw? You guys are getting good. The eyewitnesses. I should turn around and look at them, huh? Yeah, ah, they're not playing along. Okay, the eyewitnesses would then tell everyone what he, he saw. It really helps, I think, to understand what happened when we have eyewitnesses, eyewitness reports. Whew, that was a hard way for me to say that. Um, 
So, even though there wasn't a TV way, way back at the time of Jesus, they had eyewitness reports, right? So John said in our gospel lesson this morning, he said, I saw, good job, Jesus coming, and he bapped him, and he said, behold, and so behold is an ancient word in a sense, we don't say it often today, and behold means look, right? So there's another one for you, behold, the Lamb of God who came, and he came for you and me. And do you know who he was talking about? Who John was talking about when he said, Behold the Lamb of God? Do you guys know who it is? It is Jesus. Very good. And tell them a little bit louder because I don't think they heard. They need to know that. Can you do that? A little bit louder. Did you hear her? Yes. See, they heard you. That's good. So you're now a witness for God because you just told them about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Because that's what he tells us to do. That's what John was doing in our gospel lesson. He was letting everybody know that the Son of God was there. And he told him why he was there. He had come to save the world. Right? So when you guys are at home, school, somewhere out there in the world, and you see... Ah, oh, caught you on that one, didn't I? So, and you see someone, maybe somebody needs to know about Jesus, and you can tell them all about him, right? Because you know who he is, right? He's our Savior. He's the Son of God. We just celebrated him as a baby in Christmas, and in several weeks from now, we're going to celebrate him, even dying on the cross for us and then rising again. Isn't that awesome? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your eyewitnesses in Scripture and for making us your modern-day eyewitnesses to share with the world Jesus. In his name, amen. Thank you, guys. Let's sing our song of the day.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our sermon text is our Old Testament lesson from the book of Isaiah, the 49th chapter, verses 1 and 6, 1 through 6. So have you ever wondered what it would be like to eavesdrop on a conversation where God the Father is speaking to God the Son? I think it would be um, interesting sometime to be a, be a fly on the wall when, when members of the Holy Trinity sat down and discussed things together. Well, Isaiah had that opportunity. And in our text for this morning from the 49th chapter of Isaiah, he writes by inspiration and records a conversation between God the Father and God the Son. Verse 3 of this reading speaks of a servant that, was God, that God was going to use. And through history, there's been a whole bunch of different thoughts about it. But it all comes down to that this servant is Jesus Christ. It is the very Son of God who is being commissioned by God the Father to go out into the world. He's, he, so today we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the, with the concept that what God saying to the Father, saying to his Son, you are my servant, that we're going to see that you are my servant who speaks with piercing words. You are my servant who would appear um, to have failed in his ministry. And you are the servant whose work would extend to Israel and to all the nations of the earth. So when Doreen read it, um, did you notice that the, the reading was addressed to someone? Did you catch that as she was reading it? It just wasn't something to be reading. It just wasn't something Isaiah was saying. It was being addressed to someone. So who is the servant talking to? This is a test. I know. You want some help on that one? You. The servant is talking to you and me. So this whole part here of chapter 49 is a conversation for you and I to eavesdrop on because the servant is actually talking specifically to us. Uh, And he he says in in verse 1, Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. Isaiah wrote to the Israelites, but here his audience is greater. It, It includes people who live far far away from Israel, and it includes people who are separated from biblical times by thousands and thousands of years, which brings us back to the fact that the servant, son of God, is speaking to you and me. And first, he reminds us that he was God's choice to save the world, even before he was born. And that's the reminder in the very first verse, but that takes us, it's looking forward and takes you and I back just a few weeks ago. What did we celebrate? We celebrated the birth of Jesus, right? The Savior. And prior to that, Gabriel, the angel, appeared to Mary, and what did he do? He told her what to name the child, and she names the child Jesus. And why is his name Jesus? That's another question you can answer. Because he's our Savior. That's what that name means. 
And he's your savior, my savior, the savior of the world, of all those who lived before us, all those who are living with us, and all those who will live past us. So as Jesus grew up, he proved with his words that he was the very son of God. In verse 2 of our text, it says, it says this. It says, he made me, and this is Jesus speaking, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. So Jesus had some powerful, powerful words to speak. He wasn't afraid to call the religious leaders of his day whitewashed tombs, which, in other words, means you look good on the outside, but on the inside, your house is stinking, corruption, sin. He wasn't afraid to rebuke his own followers, the disciples, when they showed little or no faith in him. But the most powerful words that Jesus spoke were words of comfort. Think of, if you, will, if you remember this story in Scripture, the paralytic who was, who was Friends brought him along, and they dropped him through a roof where Jesus was speaking. And Jesus said these words. He says, your sins are forgiven. And oh, by the way, this is my paraphrase. Oh, by the way, just to prove it, um, that I do have the authority to forgive all your sins, uh, why don't you just get off your mat and walk away? And the paralyzed man was healed. And that's in Mark chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Think of the criminal who was dying on the cross next to Jesus, hearing from Christ, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus was telling that dying man that his previous life of sin didn't matter anymore. Jesus was on the cross to take away those sins and to deal with them. And that's in Luke chapter 23, verse 43. In the servant's words, it would be like, a razor-sharp sword also, like an, an arrow that would cut right through the heart. And Christ's words of comfort still are doing their work that they did a long time ago. They've done a number on your heart and mine. You aren't here today because you want to feel guilty for your sin. Maybe, maybe you came because you already feel guilty for the many times that you've broken God's law just, pa- just this past week. You aren't here to listen how scary hell is, although maybe you might need to hear that. But rather, I believe you are here to let Jesus' word comfort, of comfort, pierce right into each of your hearts. The servant has spoken with piercing words, words of comfort, words of peace, words that remind you that heaven is waiting for you. But not everything was going to be all cheerful for God serving his servant Jesus. God says about this servant that he is Israel in whom I, God the Father, will be glorified. And that's verse 3 of our text. And that says, He makes my mouth like a sharp sword. Excuse me. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. God the Father is saying to his son, your work is going to be magnificent. You are going to impress people with the work that you are going to do. But then God the Son looks back on all the work work that he's done, and he says, but I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. 
That's verse 4 of our text. And here you get a sense of how, how low Jesus felt on Monday, Thursday. After three years of preaching and doing dazzling miracles, his last 11 followers had abandoned him. And a 12th betrayed him. And this was after Jesus pleaded with his father, if it is possible, please take this cup from me. But, Heavenly Father, if this is what you need me to do, then I will do it. And that's Luke chapter 22, verse 42. And how much of a failure did Jesus look like the next morning when he was crucified in public? It did look like Jesus had spent his strength in vain and for nothing. And sometimes I think that's how we are going to feel also, isn't it? We feel like failures in this world when we struggle against sin and, and, and think we have it beaten only to find ourselves slipping right back into it again. Maybe you feel like a failure when you are thinking back to the chance that you had to open your mouth and make a difference in someone's spiritual life. But you failed. The words you could have said came to your mind long after the conversation was over. But you know what? You have a Savior who can identify with you. Jesus went through the same temptations that plague you and me every day, except Jesus was without sin. And Jesus told us that it was going to be this way, that he said, if they persecuted me, you better believe that they are going to persecute you. That's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 20. And if you think about it, those aren't really very comforting words, are they? You and I are going to be persecuted. But Jesus said this, take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's John 16, verses 32 and 33. You see, the servant would appear to be a failure, but he wasn't. And sometimes our efforts are going to seem to fail. But you can't be a failure if you are in Christ. When you are with Jesus, he forgives your, your failures and he promises to bless your efforts to struggle against sin, your efforts to live a Christian life, and your efforts to be a Christian light. And being a light, that was the last thing the father was going to have his son do. Verse 6 has sometimes been called the great commission of the Old Testament. When God the father says to God the son, he says, he says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. And then he says these words, which you might recognize. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. In other words, God is saying it's not good enough if just the Israelites are saved. I want those people from the islands and the distant nations also to be in my family. And here we see why this text is an epiphany, because epiphany is really the Christmas season for the Gentiles. God was never satisfied just to have the Israelites as his covenant nation. This prophecy was already con contained in Noah's blessing, in the promise to Abraham. It was confirmed to David and Solomon and it was repeated and expanded upon by the prophets. And that's why Paul in his letter to the Ephesians was able to say that Jews and Gentiles have equal access to God. 
In other words, it was God's plan all along that both Jews and non-Jews would share in the salvation that Jesus has won. It's no wonder that, if you remember this story, the old, old Simeon held Jesus in his arms and, and he said a light, that he was a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. This servant was thinking of you as he went to the cross. This servant was thinking, thinking of you when he gave the command, go into all the worlds and preach the good news to all creation. This servant, Jesus, is thinking of you right now as he is in heaven directing the world for you and as he is here with us this morning in our sanctuary, sending his Holy Spirit into your heart. It was God's plan all along that Jesus would be your Savior too. And know for sure how happy God is to have you in his kingdom. And you can spend today and the rest of your days thanking God for sending the servant Jesus to be your servant, to be the one who will bring you to heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for, for choosing Jesus, your son, to be our servant as well as yours, to be our savior, and to commission us to be his, to go out into the world and share your gospel with him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us rise and confess our, our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Lord God, merciful Father, we praise and thank you for your gift of life, especially the new life you give us in the water of holy baptism, and for teaching us to be your new creation by your holy word. Having given us this new life by your Holy Spirit, cause us to live in your love actively, faithfully caring for and serving our neighbor. Give us confidence in your never-failing love and help. Lord, in your mercy. As your son brought blessing and joy to the wedding at Cana, so you have made us to be his bride, your holy church. Help us to be faithful to you as you are to us, that we may demonstrate the beauty of your love, which you bestow on the whole world. Bless all pastors and leaders in the church to proclaim faithfully your glorious salvation to all and to bind us in one mission of love and service to one another and to the world. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, bless our nation and all who serve in the offices of government. Preserve and protect all who serve in the armed forces of our country. Grant that justice and honor prevail in society, that we may dwell in peace all our days. Lord, in your mercy. 
We hear, remember before you, all who are in sorrow, need, sickness, or adversity. And especially we lift up Mike Scott, who will be having surgery on Tuesday. By your spirit, calm their fears, grant healing, and especially steadfastness and confidence of faith in your never-ending kindness and power to help. Be with all to whom death draws near. Grant your compassion and skill to all who care for those who suffer. Lord, in your mercy, with reverence and affection, we remember before you, Lord, all our friends and relatives who have departed in faith. Keep us in the true faith that we may ever hold the sure hope of eternal life in the marriage feast that has no end. Lord, in your mercy. In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, and him being found in the substance of our mortal nature. You have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, We laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and singing. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Save the rest of life.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing our closing song.
Amen. Please be seated. Do we have any announcements this morning? This Tuesday at 5.30, we're having the Caring Outreach Meeting. Sandy Morrison is the chair, so if you have any questions, talk to her. Um, also, we are going to have a small uh, talk by one of the FaithWorks uh, directors. She's the case manager of the Options Program. So if you would want to learn a little bit more about FaithWorks, she can answer questions, and she'll be there. Um, also, on a personal note, I left my pink umbrella here last week. If anybody's seen it, let me know. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. We'll keep an eye out. Other announcements? All right, just a couple real quick ones. Um, why don't we are still looking for a junior high Sunday school teacher. If you're interested, um, we really, really can use your help because we have junior high kids, and it's, I'll do it, but if I do it, then all of you have got to teach the adult Bible class. So, do I have one? Okay, cool. All right, we'll talk to you later. Get it all set up. Um, also, um, Lois told me today that we probably can use a few more um, people who might be willing to help with the little kids, too, on Sunday school. All right? Um, she's got a list, and, and they're working on it, but we, she said maybe a couple more. So if you're interested, see Lois and Chambers, and she'll uh, do that for you. All right. Today is voters' meeting today, so there is no um, a Bible study. So we want you all to stay. Please? be part of the, this voters meeting. This is our budget meeting and a few other things. So as you leave, leave. I, I'm not going to be standing at the door. I'm going to go change. So turn right. Go get a cup of coffee or something else to drink, some snacks or something. Go into the fellowship hall. There's a table on your left as you walk into the fellowship hall, and it has piles of paper that you want to pick up so that you'll have it as we go into the meeting. And I think there's the sign-up sheet there, too. The sign-in sheet is there, too, so sign in. Uh, for it, so we know whether we have a quorum and all, and uh, and then we will start it relatively quickly, okay? Uh, and and then afterwards, actually in there too, make sure you share God's love. But when you leave here, right, take God's love with you. You are the eyewitnesses for Him today, and share His love with others. Let's go in peace. Let's serve the Lord.